morning. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. That broadcast school has really paid off. At Still Smooth Productions. <laughs> oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. And the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world. I think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and Chipotle. At St. Bales. And what up, senseless? Welcome back to Bold Nonsense. This is episode 101. We are deeper into triple digits, and it is going to be a wild ride to get to 200. We're so excited. Red light is on. Red light means stop thinking. Get a little senseless with me. Yes, I said it. Get senseless with me. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. I'm at Walt Disney. It's 2-7-2020. No date. No date, just numbers. Episode 101, like I said, I'm at Walt Disney, like I said. Happiest host on earth. You took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. I am alone for this week. Uh, so you were going from in Arizona, live in Arizona, uh, with five people on the pod to episode 101 with one person on the pod uh that's still smooth is just being crushed at work that's what happens when you go on vacation what an idiot uh so blame arizona for that nat st bales he's got another good work what work day ahead of him tomorrow so he's taking the week off what an idiot oh what a loser Good, good. More for me and you. Hopefully we'll see him back next week. But for this week, you got me. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different pod. Like I've said in the past, when you do you do these by yourselves, you can't really do random thoughts by yourself. It's crazy guy talking to a wall, uh, yellow wallpaper, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to do some things a little bit differently. Um, starting off. With just going right now, business, work-like atmosphere, hitting trivia nice and early. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy! Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Last week's trivia question was our last Super Bowl question. It was like this. Who holds the record for longest run in a Super Bowl? Kind of a deep cut here. Willie Parker, 75 yards. I uh, believe that was the Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl. Was watching that one. The Willie Parker, hey, names in the record books. Uh, let's move on. This week's question 
an NBA All-Star Weekend question. Because that's coming up. And uh, we'll get to a little bit of how, how things are going to change in general. When do we start the news? Uh, but for now, this week's question. There have been six times where a player won the NBA three-point contest in at least back-to-back years. It was last done in 07-08. Question is, who was the last player to accomplish it? So, six times somebody's won the three-point contest at least two years in a row, if not three. It was last done in 07-08, so we even gave, gave you the time frame. Your job, who was that person? Find out next week on episode 102, Dalmatians. But now, we're going to dive right in. Huge news week, so let's just get to it. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. All right, some of the changes that we are going to have. Hey, man, football season is over. I mean, offseason's just beginning, and you know we're going to cover that, or at least my nerdy football ass is. But it is officially time to turn the calendar to NBA season. The full-on, in-the-spotlight NBA time. So with the news, we now start with the NBA. And the trade deadline just happened. So we're going to talk one, two, three. We're going to talk four huge trades, trades that I had uh, thoughts on or trades that I think changed a lot of teams. And we're going to start with a massive trade, four teams, 12 players. It's between the Rockets, the Timberwolves, the Hawks, and the Nuggets. So let's just break it down, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Nuggets get Shabazz Napier, former Blazer, Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, former Blazer. Uh, Going to try not to butcher any names. Keita Bates-Diop. And a first-round draft pick from the Rockets. The Hawks get big guy Clint Capella. Big, bigger guy, Nene. Timberwolves, Malik Beasley. Juan, again, no opportunity any names. Juan, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Evan Turner, former Blazer. Jared Vanderbilt. And a Nets first-round draft pick from the Hawks that is top 14 pick protected. And then the Rockets. They get Robert Covington, who they really wanted. Jordan Bell, who was later traded to the Grizzlies. And a 2024 second from the Warriors. Okay, that's a lot. But let's just break it. I mean, let's let's get to the, to the nitty-gritty of it. So I'm going to start talking Hawks. You know, I really like this with Clint Capella and Nene going as a veteran to kind of set the tone. The Hawks are obviously building a really young group trying to go with, in that direction. And I, I love that. You know, you've got Trey hitting it deep. Clint Capella the, with the pick and roll, especially from that far out, spread the floor a lot. Um, 
They've got shooter, some shooters around them. They'll get more, I'm sure. But, you know, I like it from the Hawks' perspective. Uh, this one for the Timberwolves, I think it, it was a lot about the picks because I don't really see, uh, you know, they've got s- some role players here. But I think this was mostly for the picks and mostly to set up moves that they wanted to make later, which we'll get to. Rockets. Um, they really wanted Robert Covington, by all reports. Um, and they get a, I mean, they don't really care. 2024 second round pick. They're not even sure what the new CBA, what that, what is going to, uh, what value that's going to hold. But here's my takeaway and everybody's takeaway. Really, we can all kind of see it, what the Rockets are trying to do. The no big man spread the floor even further, probably more threes, probably open layups. Or that's what they're hoping to get. And if you're paying attention, attention last night, they played, the Lakers got a big win against the Lakers. And everybody's now wanting to say, heard multiple times today, well, see, look, it works. It worked or works, whichever one. There's, there's a team against one of, if not the best team in the league. Analytics. Another big win for Analytics. How many times are we going to see this? That's my big question. How many regular season, quote unquote, wins for analytics have we seen from these guys? So many. We can go, we can go back years to where they're just launching threes. And man, do they love to pound themselves on the chest after an, a nice regular season win. But that's not what matters for them anymore. It does not matter to us if you get a regular season win with analytics. We get it. That works. I'm not anti-analytics. What I'm anti is people not being able to think outside of numbers. People not understanding that there's a second side. Because, fine, last night you get a win against the Lakers. And actually, if you listen to Frank Vogel, he said the reason they got the win was because of what they did. They had no center. Their tallest guy was 6'6". So they tried to take advantage of that, and they got too caught up in that and didn't run their offense. Frank Vogel found that out. It took him one game. How many series? How many games in a series again? Yeah, pretty sure it's not one. It took him one game, two days, like a day and a half, really, to figure that out. Like, oh, there was our mistake. So you don't think he's going to make adjustments? You don't think LeBron James is going to be making adjustments? You don't think he knew what was going on? Like, this is the thing. They can get as many regular season analytic wins as they want, but the postseason is when this approach gets beaten alive. LeBron's not going to go down to the post up. He's just going to realize there's no rim protector. He's going to play downhill like LeBron does. He's going to dunk it on whichever 6'4 guy wants to try and contest him at the rim. Anthony Davis is going to do the same thing. Like, they're going to adjust. All these teams are going to adjust. And this is why I don't say it's not going to work. Because I do like it. I always like outside-the-box thinking. So you want to go no center? You want to try try and get like, Anthony Davis's off the floor? You can't with him. But maybe like a Jokic off the floor? A white side, a Nurkic for the Blazers? You want to get those big guys out of there? I like the outside of the box thinking, but it don't say this is a win for analytics because it's a question mark at best. 
in the playoffs, I just think this is this is going to get taken apart with Lakers adjustments or whoever's adjustments. Don't like that. But let's move on to the next trade. How about this? Three-team trade, Heat, Grizzlies, T-Wolves. The Timberwolves get James Johnson. Grizzlies get Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and Gorgie Dang. And uh, the Heat get Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill seems to be like a role player that just can't really find it. I don't know. I feel like he he could help some teams out. But anyway, uh, really my two takeaways from this. uh, uh, The Heat. I mean, people talking about, about the Heat and... Are they contender now? I just, I don't see I don't see enough there. Iguodala Iguodala's old. Let's, let's be honest. And they've got big guys to get, I guess contend with with the Bucks, but the Bucks have shooters. They they have guys that can get hot. So in the the thing about people, oh, everybody's trying to measure themselves against the Bucks now, but the Bucks their big thing is kind of this continuity. And this shoot a bunch of threes and then be real workman-like mentality. And I don't see the heat matching that. So I don't necessarily love this from them. On the Grizzlies side, I kind of like it. I kind of see a direction that they're going. Getting Justice Winslow, a young defensive guy, uh, and some players. I mean, Dion Waiters, they're not, that's not part of the long-term plans. But you can see where the Grizzlies are trying to go, and I always like seeing a direction. Next trade is... Uh, Warriors and T-Wolves. T-Wolves very busy. So let's talk. Timberwolves get D'Angelo Russell, Omari Spellman, and Jacob Evans. Warriors get Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first rounder, top three protected, and a 2021 second rounder. I'll start with the Timberwolves and kind of give my last thoughts on them. This isn't the year. This isn't going to be like a 180 flip for the Timberwolves where they go, you know, compete and and make this huge run because they need more shooters. What I want to see them do and what I hope that they're trying to do is build the Nets model from last year. I think D'Lo could absolutely, excuse me, I think, yeah, I think uh, D'Angelo Russell can absolutely facilitate those things. Kind of playing that, that pseudo point guard danger role with, I mean, think about basically if you can build the nets, but add cat like that, that's pretty good model there. They're good friends. So I would like to see them go full on nets, get these two cat and and D'Angelo Russell, and then build these workman guys around them that can shoot. So, and then run the pick and roll with, with your two main guys. But then I actually want to see, like, see if it actually works that nets model. Don't start adding Kyrie's and KD's like, see if that works first. And stick with that. So I can see, again, I can see a plan where the Timberwolves are trying to go. And I honestly like that. And this is going to be a theme because same thing. I can see where the Warriors are trying to go. And I really like that. Like, I like these moves, the moves the Warriors made. And everybody, they are crushing Andrew Wiggins. I'll get to him in a second. But where the Warriors are trying to go is pre-KD Warriors. They're trying just to kind of run that back. And I'm to- and I'm totally fine with that. Because that's a team that's formidable. I mean, you're going to get Steph back, you're going to get Clay back, you'll still have Draymond Green, and then they got a whole lot of picks. Even here they get a first rounder, a second rounder in 2021. 
They got they did a, another deal, which got them, I believe, three second rounders. So they're getting picks, which they didn't have. They're getting those those pick assets back. And then you add, add Andrew Wiggins, and now we'll get into him. People are crushing him like he has to be the second piece or something. Wiggins doesn't have to be a star. He can't be Harrison Barnes. That's all he's got to be. He can't be Harrison Barnes. I think he can. He's definitely more talented. I think he's had some more production. I mean, look where Harrison Barnes became after the Warriors. He got traded mid-game. That's rough. I don't think it's ha- uh, Wiggins isn't going to be that guy. I think that's an upgrade there. So you get some more solid picks back. You get another good role player, defensive, athletic wing back. You get your stars back. And now you now you try now you try and go back to to who you were. I see no problem with that for the Warriors. I see that as a win, actually. Last trade I want to talk about uh, real quickly. Cavs Pistons. Andre Drummond goes to the Cavs for Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a 2023 second rounder. Andre Drummond, not happy about it, which makes some sense. I think that makes sense for everybody. We can all see where he's coming from, right? Now he's going to Cleveland. Sweet. <laughs> if I were him, I'd be pretty mad. It, and this is this is one of those things, I, I think, where you can kind of see the death of the center. Andre Drummond, you, you put the right things around him. You put him in the right place. He's going to, he'll be back to, to all-star level. I definitely think that's where he can go. But you, you have to be, you have to commit to, to that style of play. You've got to get people who can shoot around him. You get, Andre Drummond can play in the pick and roll. To me, the difference, the gap between Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond isn't massive. It's not the Grand Canyon. I, I'm not saying there's no gap. There is. But it's not huge. I definitely think Andre Drummond, you put him in the limelight, you put him in some of these scenarios, uh, a 76ers scenario, they're not dropping off a lot. Some. But on certain nights, I think they might be getting more. Maybe a night like, uh, like last night when Giannis puts Joel Embiid in the ringer. <laughs> Those kinds of things. And then Shaq and Charles knock him out. That was pretty brutal. But overall, overall, just a really exciting day uh, or a couple of days for the NBA. Player movement flying all over the place. And I'm really excited, honestly, to start looking at how these teams and new pieces start to mesh. It's been hectic trying to keep up with it all, trying to write it down, get a rundown going. But we got it done. And we talked about what we wanted to talk about. In the NBA, at least. So we're going to move on. Just a couple of NFL stories. Eric Weddle. He re- has retired six-time Pro Bowler, Eric Weddle. Safety. Played the, the Bales Chargers. Went to the Ravens. The Rams. He's calling it a career. Uh, NFL loses an elder statesman, man. And somebody you, you had to respect. Somebody you love to watch play. And just a character. In, a, in an age where characters are either too much or forgotten, um, 
this guy really towed the line and knew how to how to be a character that everybody can get behind it and appreciate. So, hey, good on Eric Weddle. Hope he enjoys the retirement life. Hall of Fame inductees, just the just the five, the modern era ones, have been announced. It's going to be headlined by Troy Polamalu, first time on the ballot. He gets in. The next guys are Edron James, Isaac Bruce, Steve Atwater, and Steve Hutchinson. That is a uh, running back, a receiver, a safety, and a guard. A couple of quick takeaways for me. Um, the Isaac Bruce, I thought Torrey Holt was also up for it. But it was Tory Holt's first year uh, eligible, so after seeing that, I'm really okay with Isaac Bruce. Although I would have taken Tory Holt over Isaac Bruce uh, if they were even. A couple of guys that were were left off before I get to the big takeaway from this: Reggie Wayne. It was his first year, so he didn't make it. Zach Thomas, his first uh, time as a finalist. Alan Fanica, a five-time finalist. I wanted him. For me, he would have been over Steve Hutchinson. Um, played for the Steelers for a long time. Super Bowl winner. Alan Fanica was a, a guy I think people in our generation that um, cared about O-line play, you know, nerds like me. Um, they loved Alan Fanica. So after seeing that he's been a finalist five times and hasn't made it on it, that's a little concerning. I definitely think he deserves to be in. But the big one that I had that I didn't get was John Lynch over Steve Atwater. You know, uh, we had him on a couple of episodes ago. Uh, my brother, uh, CPT Redbeard Six, we broke all of the Hall of Famers down as nerds do. We broke them all down, and John Lynch, Steve Atwater, very similar careers. Uh, I think John Lynch made some some splash plays, but his life as a footballer, as a uh, as a football guy, the consummate football guy, Stanford guy. Not only was he a huge hitter, but he was also really smart, played the game safely, was a, a big-time leader, and now leads one of the better uh, better teams in our league now after being an analyst. So he went from really good player, Hall of Fame in my opinion, think he should be in, to really good analyst, to GM who took his team to the Super Bowl. That's a guy that you you just cannot miss getting in, and I believe he only has two more years. He has been a seven-time finalist and has not made it to the Hall of Fame. Steve Atwater, on the other hand, this is his third time being a finalist, and he's in. With comparable careers in the life that John Lynch has let has, has led in football, I think you got to get him in. And this is one of those you cannot miss on. This is a football guy through and through and somebody that you can prop up and say, this is what the league can do for people. This is the life that, that you can lead when you do things the proper way, like John Lynch did. You can prop that guy up. He's got to be in the Hall of Fame. But I want to get to the NFL awards. I'm just going to read them off, and uh, if I've got uh, maybe a little bit of a gripe with any of them, we'll get to that at the end. Defensive player of the year, Patriots Stephon Gilmore. Hard for a secondary person to, to win it, so good on him. Offensive player of the year, Michael Thomas, receiver from the Saints. Well-deserved. Defensive rookie of the year, Nick Bosa. Super obvious. Offensive rookie of the year, Kyler Murray. MVP, unanimous Lamar Jackson. I believe he and Tom Brady are the only unanimous MVPs that we've had. 
Coach of the Year, John Harbaugh, obviously with the Lamar Jackson stuff. Walter Payton Man of the Year, huge award in the NFL circles, goes to Calais Campbell of the Jags, uh, somebody that we've always known um, is a great personality, another great personality and great leader in the NFL. Good to see him win it. Celebration of the Year, I kind of like this one, Seahawks, wide receiving crew. The NSYNC Bye 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 Dance wins the celebration of the year. Love that they're throwing that in. Comeback Player of the Year, Ryan Tannehill. So I'll just give a couple thoughts on the two that I thought they missed on. How about this? Offensive Rookie of the Year goes to Kyler Murray. I believe it should have been Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was leading a team for an entire season, injured, that it didn't tell anybody, was injured, leading the team, one of the top rushers in the NFL. Kyler Murray wasn't in the top half of quarterbacks for this season. Not saying he's not going to be talented or won't do it in the future, but he wasn't this year. Josh Jacobs was that guy. He came in, and I just think this is this is too much going towards, well, he's the number one pick, and he's a quarterback. That's too much credit given. Josh Jacobs' team was better. He was more important to that team. He had a bigger impact. He should be it. But hey, it's awards. Comeback player of the year went to, to Ryan Tannehill, which is okay. I just think it could have gone to a lot of guys. I'm just going to go through some names that I thought of off the top of my head today. Jimmy G. Comes back from the torn ACL, was a quarterback in the Super Bowl, led his team there. Emmanuel Sanders, can't, coming off an Achilles injury, actually, didn't even get a bye week during the regular season in the Super Bowl. Drew Brees, can you even get, I wasn't sure, can you even give it to a guy in the same year that he gets hurt and comes back? Missed all that time, uh, five games, and then comes back, leads his team, uh, and just never missed a beat. To that, to, to that end, giving it to the same guy who gets hurt and then comes back in that season. What about Quan Alexander, linebacker for the 49ers? Tears a peck, comes back, goes to the Super Bowl. J.J. Watt, huge impact in their playoff win. Tears a peck, comes back the same year. Cowboy center, Travis Frederick. Guy, guy came back from a debilitating disease. Like th- That was a bad thing that he had and still has, is going to live with. But he found a way to come back and play NFL football on the offensive line for one of the best offensive lines in the, in the league. I think he could have gone to Travis Frederick. Earl Thomas. He gets hurt, goes to the Ravens. Sends a bird to Pete before he leaves. And that is really good for, for the best regular season team we had. The last guy, the last name that just came to mind, Darren Waller. After hard knocks and in the drug addiction things he's overcome, to come back and absolutely have a, a massive breakout season with the Raiders could have been Darren Waller easily. Thought those were some better picks. Some of them are better picks than than Tannehill. Tannehill, I would have gone Tannehill over like a Breeze, Watt, Alexander, Earl Thomas, those kind of guys. But Frederick, Jimmy G. Darren Waller, I would have given it to either one of them over uh, Tannehill. But hey, award's an award. Now I want to move on to our last news story. It's trade season, apparently. Because in in Major League Baseball, we got a big trade between the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Twins. It's being held up, but I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to get it done. If not these exact players, pretty close. 
the big one. Dodgers get Mookie Betts and David Price. They also get a bunch of cash. Red Sox get uh, th- this one is kind of the holdup guy. Bruce Dewar, Gratterall from the Twins, and Alex Verdugo from the Dodgers. The Twins get Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers. Okay, so we've got, the big one is for the Dodgers, Mookie Betts and David Price. I believe it's an MVP and a Cy Young winner. Those are two huge pickups, and I really like what the Dodgers are doing. I love Mookie Betts. You guys have been listening. Smooth and I both love Mookie Betts. Just an awesome guy. Plays baseball the right way. Huge personality. He's just a good dude. Now he goes to the Dodgers. Rich get richer, man. Good job by the Dodgers. Uh, I, I believe they don't have to pay him till after next season. Where, yeah, he's probably going to ask for a massive contract. But, hey, why not get it done while you can? And then they even got ca- the cash from Boston is for David Price's contract. So they got to help pay in for that, too. I believe those could be huge pickups for the Dodgers culturally. As they go through, you know, you hit the hard times. Mookie Betts seems like a real kind of go-get-it, energetic guy. Somebody who's a leader. Some fresh leadership, honestly, in that clubhouse, which I think will help the Dodgers a lot. The Red Sox, it seems like they're trying to... uh, Alex Verdugo was the guy that they really wanted, and so they're going to try and build around that. I think it was just a matter of not wanting to pay, needing to get some of this, the cash off the books. So... Dodgers big win, Red Sox, it's a loss for me, although they can always, it's the Red Sox, they'll find a way to stay competitive. Twins, Kenta Maeda, they're trying to build a pitching staff, uh, and that's definitely somebody who can who can fill a role. But that's the news. That's all, uh, a lot of stories, a lot to talk about. Uh, there were even more. I had to cut some of them out. But, hey, we went through it as fast as I could. Gave you just some opinions that I had on some of the things going on in a bunch of sports. But now I want to talk just a little bit. Fill everybody in on NBA All-Star Weekend. All the events happening there. Here's how we'll do this. I'm just going to run through the events of NBA All-Star Weekend. And I'll probably throw out who I think is going to win it. So I'll give you who's participating just so you're ready for it. And uh, then I'll, I think I'll give you who I think is going to win. So the three-point contest is going to be Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Zach Levine, Joe Harris, he is the returning champ. Davis Bertans, Buddy Heald, Duncan Robinson, and Devontae Graham. A different change for the three-point contest. They're going to include a deeper shot between the ball holder at the top of the key and on the corner. That, in between those, at 36 feet, there will be one more shot. So, two 36-foot shots, one from each side of the court. Um, and the players will get 10 extra seconds to do those. So they'll do the five, and then I don't know if they'll do like one, two, deep, middle, deep, or if they're going to do all five short ones and then go deep. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's a strategy point. 
that those guys will will be uh, competing in that. And I really like adding the deep shot. That people are shooting it. People want to see that. Apparently, if that's what you want to build the league around, you better show it in All Star Weekend. So really smart by the NBA there. And I'm gonna go Homer pick, and I'm gonna give it to Dame based upon that deep shot, which I think is three points more. I think it's an extra three points, but I'm not sure. Let's move on. Dunk contest. Dwight Howard, Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones Jr., and Pat Connaughton. Weird crew. Weird crew, but I like it. Um, You're going to have the creativity from Dwight Howard. Aaron Gordon showed out the last time he was in it. Derek Jones Jr. is a human highlight reel, not the human highlight reel, a human highlight reel. And Pat Connaughton, well, he can jump. I don't know about back on it. He's not even a game dunker. But my winner is going to be Derek Jones there. Uh, guy just flies. If he has any creativity, he's going to be fun. Um, so that's a dunk contest. Skills competition is D. Rose, Pat Beverly. I believe they're both from Chicago. Spencer Dinwiddie, who is a returning winner, if I'm not, if I'm uh, correct there. Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam, Demontis Sabonis, and Bam Adebayo. I believe big guys have been winning this. I'm actually going to go. I'll give it to DeMontis Sabonis. Seems like a talented big guy. Who will give it just enough effort to win. That's what you got to do. You got to stay in that cool zone. But let's move on. All-star game. The big one. Here are the teams. LeBron and Giannis picked yesterday, I believe. Team LeBron. LeBron, obviously. Anthony Davis. Kawhi Leonard, Luka, James Harden, Dame, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and DeMontis Sabonis. Team Giannis. Giannis. Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. I'll give a winner and an MVP. I like, I'm going to go team LeBron. I like how rounded his team is, although I don't think Luke is going to play. Um, so that'll hurt him. But I like it. his team's a little bit more rounded. Um, and I'll go, I can't, I can't go two homer picks. I'll go Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the MVP. He'll shoot them threes. He'll hit some shots. And he'll be flashy. Anthony Davis is your all-star game MVP. Okay, that's it. I just wanted to make sure you guys know who's competing in NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, Throw that out for you. Run it through. Hope you guys watch. That's always a fun weekend. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm enjoying the three-point contest more and more every year, man. So that'll be a good time. But now I want to move on. Last thing I want to talk about is we haven't gotten to talk since the Super Bowl happened. So I'm going to do a little bit of Super Bowl reaction and then just kind of wrap up, put a bow on the NFL season as a whole. And then we'll get out of here. So let's do that now. Let's talk some NFL. I hate goodbyes. Why don't you just buy the whole song? I don't have to buy it. I just want to taste it. I just want a little taste of it. Goodbye, my love. Start with the Super Bowl. Chiefs win it 31-20 over the Niners. Uh, If you remember from last week, Bales had the Niners. He was going with the guru pick. 
And then the other four of us, our guy KP, myself, Smooth, and that real Nate Kramer, we all had the Chiefs, um, and they ended up pulling it out, although it was a really entertaining game, pretty fun game. I took the Chiefs, I'll just tell you why I took the Chiefs, and um, kind of where, what played out that I thought was going to play out. One of them was that the weakness of the 49ers defense would give in eventually, because you can't hide them. It's the, the the corners. They were good up the middle through, through the safety position, and then obviously in the box, the 49ers are amazing. But their corner position, especially, I hate to say it because, you know, he, he a really smart guy who is not always what I'll say good for the league, but smart for the league. And Richard Sherman, he was just slow. Age and injuries are hard to overcome, especially with the speed of the Kansas City Chiefs receivers. And he got burnt. It's He's getting ripped on social media. He got burnt a couple times. The other thing that – the other reason I thought the Chiefs would kind of pull it out is because they pass so much. Look, the success rate for pressures by a defensive line, it's not massive. A really good season in the NFL, you know, a really good – you're 16 sacks, you're 16 and a half sacks. That's an amazing season for a pass rusher in the NFL. Well, how many snaps do they actually play? A lot. So it, it kind of shows you that that rate and what you can do. The Niners were able to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs pass so much – and the line, it, the line for the Chiefs is criminally underrated, especially pass blocking wise. That the 49ers can't get there every time. So, one of the things I've been hearing since the Super Bowl is, "Oh, defense has to do their job." Come on, man. Other than the last cheap touchdown, which I, I don't even count for the Chiefs, because you're trying all out, you have to get the ball back, so you're not playing disciplined football, and you give up a run. That happens all the time. You you take that away, and, and you're sitting at, what, 24-20? Don't put this on the defense. That, that was failure by the, by the 49ers offense. The D-line did everything they could. They got the pressures that what you would expect in the Super Bowl by a defensive line, and it wasn't enough because of the secondary, because of the amount, the, the, the sheer volume that the Chiefs throw at you. It, defensive line can't get enough pressures. So they needed to be better on offense. 20 points, good, not good enough. Uh, it, you know, I I think one of the major flaws and one of the answers that the Niners are going to have to come up with is your the defense can play the Niners offense too easily. The Niners offense is too middle-of-the-field centric which allows a defense to pin everything up the middle. When you when your pass game is up the middle of the field and you run the ball a lot, the defense can pitch pinch in and play run and level out the secondary and the linebackers to a point where they take away your levels within the middle of the field. You can stagger safeties, roll one over the top. It allows the defense to do too many things and shortens, horizontally shortens the field so that the defense is only playing in the middle. So what's the answer to that? 
The Niners need to get an outside pass game. It, it's that's pretty simple. Got to get an outside pass game. Too many in-breaking routes. Uh, they had a lot of passes get deflected because everything was slants. You got to get things over the top, and you got to let Jimmy G kind of let that thing go. And I'm not going to say whether they believe in him or not because I think they do. You send him to the Super Bowl. It's first year starting. Um, but they do need to make some changes, make some adjustments. My season-long takeaways for the NFL as a whole would just be year of the run game. This year showed the importance of the offensive line. Um, and the defense has played pretty well. I think there are going to be some adjustments. Next year, I, I have a feeling it's going to look a whole lot different um, from this year. A lot more going for it. Ravens model, Chiefs model, go for it on fourth down even, even more. Um, so I think we'll see that. That'll be interesting, but... You know, just a lot of run, a lot of good defense, kind of a throwback year, and not, definitely not mad about it, but it's going to change. I think it'll flip pretty hard next year because of the Chiefs' Super Bowl win. That's it. That's all I got for you. Um, just wanted to wrap up the NFL season in the Super Bowl, get you all caught up on all of the trades and everything happening in the three major leagues that we cover, and then talk to you about NBA All-Star Weekend. I was able to do that. Um, hey, remember, hit us up on Instagram, man. We're on Twitter, bold underscore nonsense. Hit us up on Instagram, bold.nonsense. If you think you know the answer to the trivia question, uh, let us take a guess. Take a guess, and we'll probably rip you if you're wrong. But that's what's fun. We, we enjoy it. We enjoy hearing from you guys. Um, so that, one more time, that trivia question. There have been, been six times where a player won the NBA three-point contest in at least back-to-back years. It was last done in 07-08. Who was the last player to accomplish it? If you think you know, throw out a guess. Bolt.nonsense. You can also email us if you've got you know some questions for us, topics you want us to cover, any feedback. Email us. Bold nonsense podcast at gmail.com. Expect the show on Saturdays. That's when we'll get it out to you. All major platforms, the big two, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, those kinds of things, iHeartRadio. If you find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. That always helps us. We always enjoy hearing from you. You know, we just, we just want to hear from you guys. We love to do this. We love the interaction with each other. And uh, one of our goals you know, in 2020 and after in, in in the hundreds of our episodes is get more interaction from you guys. So hopefully we hear from you. I want to thank you guys listening to episode 101, listening to me, joining me. Uh, it, it's been fun. You know, sometimes, sometimes I like to just get on here, no interruptions, bails, and just get, get everything off my chest. So this is really fun for me. Thank you for joining for at St. Bales. Cheers for at Still Smooth. Much love. I'm at Walsh Disney. If you love it, love us. This is Bold Nonsense, episode 101. Stay senseless. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Thank you very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.